Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 86, which represents Day 3 in our countdown to Christmas, is entitled The Sermon on the Mount, Part 1, The Beatitudes. It appears universally accepted among Christians that the Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, is the greatest sermon ever given. I suppose millions of sermons have been preached inspired by the Sermon on the Mount. Though obviously, the Sermon on the Mount is too long and too complex to give a comprehensive explication in one podcast. Therefore, I have divided it into three parts. Even then, it is inadequate. However, knowing that scriptures are personal things, and each reader has a right to his own inspiration, In these three podcasts, I would like to simply explain why I think it is the greatest sermon ever given. Let me begin with the very last two verses, for this alone explains why the Sermon on the Mount is so important. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Matthew 7, 28-29 The Sermon on the Mount is the absolute law of God, spoken directly by God himself, equal to God writing on the stone tablets on Mount Sinai. Both events occurred on a mount. Both events were delivered in person by Jesus Christ himself. The Sermon on the Mount, like the Ten Commandments, are etched in stone. Second, let me begin with the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount. Every good sermon has a purpose statement. Perhaps no better purpose statement could be given than the one Christ gave as stated in Matthew 5.48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Perfection cannot come from the law of Moses, but perfection can come if we fully obey the Sermon on the Mount which assumes the Ten Commandments. I believe that the Sermon on the Mount explains what Christ means by Matthew 5.48. Furthermore, I believe that of all doctrines in Christendom, there is no verse more important to understand than Matthew 5.48. God is perfect, or He is nothing. He is the quintessential model of perfection, and there can be no greater model. The purpose of the Sermon on the Mount is to lead us on the pathway to perfection. Assuming that is the end goal, let's examine the Sermon on the Mount with that in mind. Any attempt at understanding the Sermon on the Mount must begin with the Beatitudes. Each Beatitude is a promise with a blessing and holds the key to becoming like God. The Beatitudes teach us a very important principle, that all blessings are attached to laws. In logic, it could be presented in hypothetical statements. If you obey this law, then you shall receive this blessing. I invite you as you read the Scriptures to mark the law and mark the blessing. Every law has a blessing, the blessing of obedience, but most laws do not explicitly state the blessing as you find in the Beatitudes. That is one thing that makes the Beatitudes so special. However, all laws have an assumed blessing, and it is rewarding to identify what that blessing is. Let me add my own opinion. Among many blessings implicit in all laws of God are free will, freedom, agency, and liberty. Christ frees us. Satan wants to hold us in captivity. Every law of God has a blessing attached dependent upon obedience to that law. And contrarywise, every law has a curse attached dependent upon disobedience to that law. 
Let me refer you here to John the Revelator's letters to the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, for John follows the same pattern. He identifies both a blessing and a cursing. You may see the pattern throughout the Old and New Testaments. The theme of the Sermon on the Mount is to become perfect like God. The Beatitudes contain nine conditions to becoming like God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 5, 3-12 In practice, these are very hard things to follow. In brief, the conditions are 1. Poor in spirit, humility. We must, of course, come unto Christ to get the blessing. 2. Mourn. All mortals know what it means to mourn, but not all mourning brings comfort. To receive comfort, one must turn to Christ and accept His will. That is not always easy to do. Some seek revenge for the cause of their sorrow. Some are filled with hate. Some turn against God, blaming Him for their misfortunes, etc. 3. Meek. 4. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. 5. Merciful. 6. Pure in heart. 7. Peacemakers. 8. Persecuted for righteousness' sake. 9. Falsely accused for Christ's sake. This may come as a slight surprise to some of you, but the Beatitudes contain nine conditions, but only one blessing. In other words, the blessing is the same for each Beatitude. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They shall be comforted. They shall inherit the earth. They shall be filled. They shall obtain mercy. They shall see God. They shall be called the children of God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. What is that blessing? The blessing is that you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Notice that blessings 1, 8, and 9 explicitly refer to inheriting the kingdom of heaven. However, a close look at blessings 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 reveal that they are all rewards for those who inherit the kingdom of heaven. In other words, to receive a fullness of those blessings, you must first inherit the kingdom of heaven. In short, You cannot become perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect unless you inherit the kingdom of heaven. For example, number two, they shall be comforted. John the Revelator tells us, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Revelation 21.4 He is speaking of those who inherit the kingdom of God. Number three, the meek shall inherit the earth. Also in Revelation 21, John said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
According to John, all this will happen on earth. Earth will become the kingdom of God, and only the meek shall inherit the earth after it is celestialized. Number four, they shall be filled. What does that mean? Filled with what? They shall be filled with the Spirit of God. He will dwell in their hearts forever and ever. Paul tells us, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 1 Corinthians 3.16 Number 5. They shall obtain mercy. That is one of the greatest blessings of the atonement. They will be saved by the grace of Christ, and in a purified state they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Number 6. They shall see God. Where are they going to see God? John the Revelator said, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Revelation 22, 3-4 John also said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now can you see what Matthew 5.48 means? The only way we can become perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect is to live with God in heaven. Perfection in this life is impossible. We can only reach perfection in the kingdom of God. Number seven, they shall be called the children of God. Where will you be called the children of God? Why, in heaven, John said. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1-2 Following the Beatitudes is the only way we can become perfect, even as our Father which is in heaven is perfect. In our next podcast, we will continue discussing the Beatitudes. May all of you and your families be blessed during the Christmas season. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.